Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, so today, guys, we are going to talk about something that plagues writers in general. But the good news is, is that as copywriters, you don't have to deal with it quite as much. And even if you do deal with it, we've got some tactics that we're going to share with you in this episode. So Nikki, what are you actually talking about? Get to the point. We're, oh, talk- <laughs> we're talking about blank page panic. When you sit down, you open up a document on your computer, you've got a blank page facing you and you go, I have no idea what to write. Um, Kate, I'm sure that you have experienced that. I've experienced that in the times, especially the times when I've tried to do a little bit of creative writing, fiction writing, as opposed to uh, copywriting. It is very, very common among writers in general. Mm -hmm. And I think I know in our group in the CCA, there are many of us who I know a lot of people like to say are recovering perfectionists. I get it. And I think that's part of where this comes from, where you don't necessarily want to put anything out there that isn't going to be your final product or there's, you're not letting yourself just go. It's, it's wanting to craft the perfect thing right out the gate and have this dock look beautiful and feel great. And I think that's a lot of where this stems from. So keep that in mind as you're going that it's going to be a mess before it gets clean again. It's like cleaning your house, do a spring cleaning. You need to sometimes take out everything in the closet to put it back nicely. It doesn't always start out um, beautiful. And so what I like to do to start, I don't have any sort of template that I use to start projects. I start every project by saying, okay, it's an email or a a website or whatever it is. What elements do I know I'm going to need on this page? So for an email, I'll write, you know, subject line and brackets. 
I know that's my space where my subject line is going to go. And so I start to have these elements and it just feels a little bit more manageable. There's something on the paper now. It maybe takes five minutes, but it gets my brain moving and it, there's something on the paper now. It's not blank. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we say blank page panic, but really you're never at a point where you have no idea what needs to go mm-hmm. on that page because every project, first of all, to Kate's point, you're going to know what the project is. You're going to know what some of the uh, the essential structural elements of this are going to be. But also to mm-hmm. remember that you're coming into any project after having a really in-depth input call with your client, asking all kinds of questions, getting all kinds of answers and putting together a creative brief for yourself and for your client too, to make sure you're both on the same page. But so you know what it is that you need to convey. And yes, that is not the same as having the exact words that you're going to use in the document, but you're not starting out with no idea of what to say, no idea of what direction you want to go. You have a, you have, the creative brief is kind of your, your, your goal. This is, Mm -hmm. these are what you want to get across. These are the pieces that have to be in your puzzle somewhere. And in your Word doc or, you know, Google doc, whatever you use, you're going to figure out how to put them together. Yeah. And if anyone, just to really emphasize that point, creative brief, if you haven't done one or I don't want to skim over that because I know it's so easy to skip. So if you haven't put one together, but you have your notes from the discovery call, do one. Mm-hmm. organize those notes, really comb through it and organize it in your brief so you can go back to and refer to that brief. Ideally, you would have mm-hmm. done your creative brief, you know, at the beginning of this process after your kickoff call with your client, potentially even sending it to your client to make sure that you're all on the same page to say, here's what I've put together. Does this capture everything we went over in the meeting? Because this is what I'm going to execute on. Uh, so creative brief. Uh, and one of my favorite things in the creative brief is you talk about what the goal is for the project, right? You know, your call to action. You might not know to Nikki's point exactly how you want to say everything yet. Um, but that's often where I like to start is putting in my CTA and saying, this is what I know I want people to action. I want people to take, it's going to be very rough. You know, maybe it's like request more information. I'm like, well, that's not the tone and I need to change it later, but that's the idea so it's there. Mm-hmm. It's a placeholder and it it starts to allow the rest of the, the piece to take shape. And I can come back later and say, okay, now tone, voice, how do I want to say this same thing, but with some some different word choices and what are some different ways I could do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The the creative brief is is the scaffolding or it's it's the frame mm-hmm. of the house. It's what you have to put up first so that you can build on it. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back and I'm going to hammer this point again. You cannot skip the creative brief. Almost mm-hmm. all of the times when we've talked to students or talked to copywriters who said, you know, there's obviously an overlap, but you know what I'm saying. Um, the, and when we talk to people who say, oh God, I just don't know where to go with this project. It's just, I'm, I can't seem to wrap my mind around. I'm just saying, all right, well, you know, pull out the creative brief. Let's take a look. Crickets because there wasn't a creative brief. Mm -hmm. Spare yourself the misery. I don't care where you are in your career. If you are brand new to it, creative brief. If you've been doing it for almost 20 years, the way I have creative brief. Anyway, Mm -hmm. once you have that creative brief, it's, this is another step that people skip, right, Kate? 
outline, put together an outline, uh, your create your outline is, is the kind of the interim step between you have all of your pieces and the outline is you're starting to put them in order. You don't even have to begin the writing yet. You don't even have to begin the, the, well, I want to say it in this way. If you have ideas, great. Put those notes in there, put those notes somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. but you're, you're taking all the, the disparate pieces and you're starting to put them in an order. If in my head, love a metaphor. If it's jigsaw puzzle, for example, this would be the step in the jigsaw puzzle where you pull out all the edge pieces Mm -hmm. and you're putting the edge pieces there, or, you know, all right, this is, I see a lot of blue stuff, that blue stuff. I'm going to grab all those pieces and put those over there. A lot of red ones, all the red pieces are going to go over here. I'm not assembling them yet, but I'm putting them where I need them to go and putting where those elements are. So you'll, you'll put, you know, the, you, I have the benefit and I know that I want the benefit to be in the headline. Um, I have the, if for this project, I am going to list out the, the features cause that's good for this project. Obviously it's not perfect for every project. It's depends on the project. It's going to differ from project to project, which is why you need an outline. Um, and you can start putting those pieces where you want them to be in the rough order. Again, to Kate's point, you, you, this is not where you let those perfectionist tendencies mm-hmm. lie. You, this is your working document. You're playing around here. Remember that there is strategy in, in copywriting, but part of also why we love it is because there's creativity in copywriting. Writing is still an art and copywriting is an art. And part of that is giving yourself the the room to play with these elements and play with where they're going to go and obviously play with language as well. But before we even get to that language stuff, mm-hmm. start figuring out where stuff needs to go. Yeah. I'm thinking of, you know, especially on bigger projects, even sometimes I give my client an outline of what I'm thinking to mm-hmm. make sure we're on again, want it as through the process, save myself time, energy, and frankly, money. Because if I'm doing a project right, which I, that's what I tend to do, I don't want to do the whole thing and then find out I missed something along the way. So I'm thinking an email funnel, for example, outlining what each email, what I'm thinking, I have all the pieces. Okay. Now what makes sense for email one? What very, and I'll type throughout my thinking type kind of what what the rough idea is. This email will communicate, it doesn't have to be that formal, um, but it helps me kind of type type out loud, think out loud, think through typing, mm-hmm. and organize what each step is going to be. Similarly, for a web page, taking that out, and I'm thinking, let's just use a homepage, forget a whole website. A whole website, you're going to want to really outline each page and have a brief for each page. What's the goal of each page? Um, but so thinking about a homepage, okay, you know, for example, what Nikki was saying, I want the benefit in the head. I want their value proposition in that headline. And then this first section is really going to be about uh, why this company and why the benefit of going with this company. Uh, the next section is going to be about their products or services. And, you know, we're going to mention three or four or whatever it is. And then a small section about the company and then maybe whatever call to actions, where are they going to be peppered out mm-hmm. and really think through what's going to go where. Okay. From my notes, let me dump my notes into these certain blocks to say, okay, here are the kind of facts and or angles that I need to incorporate into each of these sections. Ooh, this section has a lot. Do I need to break that up into multiple sections? Or 
here's what I want to get into this headline. Maybe I need a subhead now. Let me think about that. And you don't even have to nail down whether you're going to have a headline or subhead or section headers yet, just yet. This is figuring out these big, big, big chunks in the, in the outline. And, and maybe you start to think about some of the smaller, you know, more detailed elements of how that will actually break down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And put notes to yourself in this document mm-hmm. as you're putting this, you're like, oh, I just want to stop that. Ooh, because this little fact will help support that headline. And it can just mm-hmm. be add in X, Y, Z. You don't have to start. If you're like, oh, I want to make sure to use this word here, mm-hmm. then make a little note to yourself, but it should be a rough document. And also too, this is not set in stone. Don't you perfectionists out there loosen that grip. Mm-hmm. This does not, you know, just because you put together an outline doesn't mean that, okay, now I have to force all the copy up and all the messaging to fit into this outline. Mm-hmm. No, it's just to give you an idea of what needs to go where. And also, so you don't forget elements, right? Mm-hmm. I know that there have been times, I mean, usually earlier in my career, but when I'll get to the end of something I wrote, go back to the creative brief, because we always do that with every project, right? Before we send it to the client, mm-hmm. go back to the creative brief to make sure that I covered off everything, go back to the brief and go, oh man, I forgot this key element. Now I have to go in and rearrange stuff so that it makes sense in there. It doesn't seem like I just crammed it in there because I forgot mm-hmm. to put it in there originally. You you have that ability to to move things around. But again, that's part of why the, the outline is so important because it helps you make sure that you have all the elements, even if as you're writing it out, you go, ah, wait a minute. You know, I'm putting, and I, and I didn't realize when I was putting the outline together that I would go down this angle. But now that mm-hmm. I'm actually writing it, this makes a little bit more sense. And ah, this point might, might, uh, might work well with this point or this point might follow this one here. So you can, you can play around with it as you're going. It does not have to be, you know, you're not sitting down and writing an email to your mother, you know, or writing an email to, uh, to your grandmother or something like that, where you sit down and you go, this is how you're just beginning to end straight through, right? That's not Mm -hmm. how copywriting is. It's, it's moving your messages around and making sure that they have, that they make the most sense and that they flow well so that people start out at the top and they're interested. We know, we know no matter what piece of copy it is that we lose their interest as, as they go, um, just because that's just how people work. But when you organize it really well and you make each piece um, each piece build on the next piece through your messaging. And I, I, for those of you who are watching the video, I'm kind of working my way down. There are a lot of hand gestures. Yes, so <laughs> definitely check out the video. <laughs> Sorry, I will explain my podcast friends and uh, no, but you know, I thinking just, just linearly think of people starting at the top of the page and working their way down and just losing interest as they go their way down. And quite frankly, that works with any type of, it works with, it's the same thing with, um, with banner ads, you know, you have their most attention on the first one, you lose them as they go through. Um, but when you structure a piece well, and when you structure it very carefully so that each message leads to the next one, as you work down the page, um, you have, you have a better chance of keeping their interest all the way through without losing them. Yeah. And keep in mind when you're working on any project, really, that often the more you dig in, the more you're going through this process, what you might start with is what you think is your, this is going to be the headline. This is the idea. As you dig deeper and deeper and deeper into the content, 
by the bottom of the page, that's actually where you might get to what, oh, oh, wait, this is what needs to come all the way to the top. And so again, for folks not watching my hand motions, hand start at the bottom, going back to the top. You can move pieces like that of like, oh, this is in the middle of my thing. Maybe it actually, I need to take this whole chunk, cut it, paste it above everything else because it is the most important piece or whatever it is. So give yourself that opportunity and know, know, and build in your timeline that as time goes on through the project, you're going to be more familiar with the content. You're going to have a deeper understanding and inevitably things are going to shift. Mm -hmm. And you might be like the type of, you know, I'm reading one of my husband's final essays for school and great essay, but he wrote, he wrote to the thesis. And so that like one of the last conclusion sentences, nope, that goes way back to the top. It's kind of similar with this in that you might get to the end of your project and realize that you have some really great lines that need to be pulled out. And so you, you pull them out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, and that's, you know, we, we talk about after you write your first draft, get up and walk away or, you know, do some laundry, Mm -hmm. go for a walk around the block, whatever. Sleep on it if you can. Sleep on it. But if you have time in your schedule, do the same thing after your outline. Because anytime you can give your brain the opportunity to process what you're working on, you'll end up with something better. So if you, if you have the time in your schedule, or if you can balance things out this way, you know, take your creative brief, open up your, your working document, put together your outline. And then if at all possible, get up and do something different, do something not writing related. Don't watch TV because it does not give your brain a break or give it a chance to work. But, you know, do, do laundry, do all that stuff around the house that, <laughs> that we hate to do. Okay. I hate to do, um, but it's really good for letting your brain process things in the background so that when you come back to start writing from your outline because that's the next step right Mm -hmm. Uh, you are able to to Kate's point rearrange things as you need to or just you may find that the the lines for your actual copywriting come to you a little bit faster because your brain has been working on this project while you've been doing something else Mm -hmm. yeah so writing so writing. So <laughs> if you're going to do some copy projects for a client, you should probably do a little copywriting. Yes. Um, so you might have words and phrases that you came to in your outline. And definitely as you think of things, you're like, ooh, I like this phrase or I like this word. Put it in there. You might have a long list of different things in different sections of different iterations on a particular line. I know for me, what I think is like, ooh, this is the greatest line. I'm inevitably go back to it and say, oh, there's a far better, more succinct way to say what I thought was a great line. Um, And so prepare to iterate on those words and phrases that you really, really liked. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe some of them stick and you start to place them where, where they go. And in this stage, I personally like to have two documents. Um, On my laptop, it gets a little tricky. It does fit. I do have another monitor, which is super, super helpful. Uh, Business business expense, write it off, Uh, to have two Word, Word, Google Doc, whatever you're using, two documents up at the same time. One I call kind of my messy document. It's where I keep everything because I can't tell you how many projects I've done where I've written a line, deleted it, and been like, no, that's not it. And then thought, you know, hours and hours later, way past the time of being able to go back and do control Z or undo, that line's gone. I'm like, oh, what was that line? What was that idea? It might not have been the perfect line, but it was the idea. And now it's completely gone. So I have my mess that maintains everything. I don't delete anything because you never know. And then I have for my perfectionists out there, 
I make what I call my clean doc, messy clean doc. And I start copying things in from the messy doc. So I'm working in the messy doc and copying into the, the clean document and potentially sometimes, you know, things come out of the clean Mm -hmm. document as well. That's not, that's not gold either, but it gives me a way to work with two things and really Mm -hmm. see, see my kind of what I'm working towards versus what I'm working with. So I have Mm -hmm. all the pieces versus, you know, my kind of, to use the, the puzzle metaphor that frame the frames done and Mm -hmm. things are starting to fill in. And sometimes you put two pieces together that you think go together and actually they don't. It's the same thing. I know it's the worst. Confuses me for so long on those thousand piece puzzles. Um, I do it slightly differently. Um, I have still two docs because I agree. I think that makes it just easier to manage versus trying to do all of that in one doc. And then I have what I would just call a note stock. And then I have a working doc and it's very similar in that this is, this is my super messy and this is my cleaner, but I, my working doc is not necessarily like my finished. This is still, mm-hmm. this is still, I'm, I'm drafting work here, but I have my notes in, I don't know why it's in my head. It's always, or on my screen, it's always on my left is my note stock. And on my right is what my, I do is that promises and what our friends operate. It's because we're right-handed. I don't know. Um, but then I can refer back to my note stock and this note stock, same thing is if there's a line and I go, Nope, you know what? I love that line. It doesn't make sense in this project. It gets pulled out of the working doc, but it gets saved in the note doc. I'm always Mm -hmm. hitting save on both of those. Mm -hmm. And I keep the note stock and I keep the working doc in the same folder so -hmm. that I can know where they are. I can easily refer back to them. And the thing too about keeping those lines or phrases or whatever is that they might not work for, you may get to the end of the project and you're like, I love that line, but it doesn't work for this project it might work for another project with this client, you know, or it might work for, you might just be able to use it somewhere else. Um, but you know, you do have to be kind of ruthless with yourself as you go, but that's, um, that's something else I want to remind you guys of is you're going to do multiple drafts and you know, it's a spectrum, right? Maybe you have actual delineated drafts. This is my draft one. This was my draft two. Me. It's kind of like a, I'm just, we're evolving. exactly evolving. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's not going to be perfect in your, the first time you write everything out. It's not going to be perfect. You know, when you get to the point, you're like, okay, I've got all the messages in there. Call to action. Good to go. You're not done. <laughs> and I know people are like, but I worked so hard. Yeah, you did, but there's still one more step. You still have to, this is that stepping away again. Um, if you got a chance to step away earlier, coming back and doing your self editing, because you want to polish this and get it as good as possible. Um, nothing is perfect. So we're not talking perfection here, but you want to put your very best foot forward with, uh, with what you send to your client. So before you send your first draft, go through and edit it, go through, compare it to your creative brief, compare it to your outline. If you want to add in that step, creative brief, essential outline, maybe not as essential. Um, and then to, this is the time to go through and be gentle, but ruthless with yourself and make sure that you don't have any extraneous copy in there. Is everything that's in there essential to it? Or are mm-hmm. there things in there that you're like, mm, no, actually, 
This, this doesn't need to be said. And I say the same thing up here as I say down here, essentially one of these has got to go or, um, you know, something that we talk about a lot on our coaching calls when we're evaluating um, or giving feedback, I should say, on our student um, student uh, portfolios. Thank you. That is the word. Um, is you have to remember where people are in the customer journey, and that's the mm-hmm. same thing for your projects on uh, student portfolios. For example, uh, people are coming to your portfolio site because you have like 99% of the time, it's going to be because you pitched them, because someone else referred you to them. They're coming to your site because they're deciding if they want you for a copywriter, not if they're deciding they want copy at all. By the time they get to your website, they already know that they want copy written for them. They're trying to decide on whether you or not. So what I'm saying is that on student websites, sometimes uh, we'll see people explaining why copy is important which at this point in the customer journey, in your potential client's journey, they already know that they want copy. They're trying to decide about you. So strip out anything that explains to them why copy is important. They don't need to be educated in that way. And look out for the same thing in all of your client projects too. Don't just get too focused on messaging on the page. Remember where they're going to be in this customer journey on a sales page, for example. I mean, obviously you want to validate this with your client, but if they are, if they're getting to a sales page, it's very likely that they have already been through maybe a long sales email series or maybe a long nurturing series or something like that. So there may be elements that if someone had no knowledge of your client, no previous knowledge of the of the, the industry or the product at all, maybe there are elements that you would normally put on there, but maybe there are elements that you should not have on there because they're going to distract from the things that this audience needs to know at this step in the customer journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, keep all of that stuff. Again, I know Nikki mentioned it earlier, but I want to call it out again. If you have you know, another project with a client you've worked with in the past, another way to, when you have that blank document and you're not sure where to start, pull up your previous notes document from that client and see, are there lines uh, for one client in particular, I did significant ongoing work with years and years and years ago. I would, at the end of each project, I would have a separate doc for them. So the client's name And I would put all of these lines that didn't get used for that project that I said, "Mm, these are things I could maybe use in the future, words, phrases, ideas, concepts that I can revisit. And so for each, for that client in particular, but you could do it for each client if it made sense, have a document for them and to say, okay, this is my document. I'm going to open up at the start of each project to see if there's anything from here that gets my brain going you know, it's a more focused brainstorm because it's about that client. It's not just, you know, pulling up Google, which can be helpful, but mm-hmm. not necessarily if, if if you're trying to write for a specific client. Um, it can be helpful if you, you know, if you're Googling competitors and you see what they've mm-hmm. done and, you know, you're writing an email for their competitor and you say, I'm going to sign up for this client's email list or I'm going to look at their website because I'm writing a, a website. What have they done? Obviously not using that copy. Um, it should be a completely different tone likely and potentially a different audience, but you can use the competitors as, as a way to get your brain going. If you know that looking at that will just um, make you want to take it word for word, if you know that that's just inevitably how you operate, I know that can be very hard to see something and then write something different. 
that may not be the tactic that you that you go with. But I would recommend after, you know, once you've worked with clients to have your list of here's stuff that I could use mm-hmm. to get get the brainstorm process going. I love that. And you're, you're just doing future you a favor, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. and really bonus points too. If you put in, if you put in notes and really do future you a favor and say, I didn't use this line because, but I mm-hmm. loved this line because so that you don't have to go back and go, God, this is a good line. Why didn't I, why didn't I include this? Such a good point. Because yeah. I always think I'm going to remember. And I've learned now if I don't, write it down or have a system for knowing what to capture that memory. It's, it's gone. It's lost. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly. There's so many, and especially when you're working with multiple clients, there's so many thoughts going through your head. Your brain is processing so much. Was it this client or was it this client? I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Make notes for yourself. It's, Mm -hmm. and you don't want to go too far down this road, of course, but make sure stuff is backed up automatically so that you can't lose it. Um, Mm -hmm. so you've gone all the way from blank page. You have written your first draft. You have revised your first draft and your next step is off to your client. Now, after that is a whole other (laughs) series and that's a whole other podcast episode itself. Um, but hopefully all of this has made you a little bit more comfortable with the idea of sitting down and opening up a Word doc or opening up a Google doc and getting started. Because, you know, like I said, we we, we called the, the episode blank page panic or how to overcome blank page panic or whatever we end up actually calling it when it's time to, to set it live. Um, but really as copywriters, we never truly do have a blank page. We always have pieces that need to go into it, elements that need to be incorporated. And if you try to sit down and just write, try to sit down and literally type onto a blank page, that's when you're going to get into trouble. You're going to be setting yourself up for for frustration and confusion, and you're going to hit a a brick wall. Um, Yeah, the picture's not going to come into focus right away. It's going to be a little bit blurry, and you working through that will slowly bring things into focus. And I do want to mention, because this comes up a lot, I think more when people are first starting out, but even as copywriters go on in their careers, because I don't think anyone necessarily talks about it, but there's no right or wrong when it comes to setting up your copy, copy document. And, and what I mean by that is we, we give you in the CCA, the CCA students know we have kind of a, an example or several examples, how to set up a copy document. But inevitably, there's going to be, you know, depending on your project, there might be, I have a section header and then a section subheader. Maybe I don't have that subhead. And so I want to be clear that not every project, not every email is going to have a a multiple sections or not every homepage is going to have an about section necessarily or whatever it is. Not every header area is going to also have a subhead. You might not have a subhead so many possible combinations, as many combinations as there are of things in the world, millions and millions. But um, so don't get caught up in thinking, I need to have a subhead in every section. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you'll only find that out by working with what you've got and starting to put some some of the pieces onto the page and start to have things come into focus for yourself. Mm -hmm. So don't beat yourself up on 
or on the language of it. You know, I think that the idea is the client and or designer or developer, whoever's going to really be using your copy document needs to know what each element is. But beyond that, there's no, you know, I often do section one headline, section one body or whatever it is, but someone else might just say subhead, subhead, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So communication is clear as possible, but there's no hard and fast. This is right. This is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And it's, you know, no, it's not as simple as using a template for every single project Mm -hmm. that we do, but aren't you glad that it isn't because how, first of all, what we do takes skill and takes finesse and that's why we get paid well to do it. But also it would be so boring if all you had to do was fill in this piece in here and this piece in here and mom, this needs a subhead. So this could be, that would be boring. What we do is so much more interesting and challenging in a good way um, that thank goodness it involves putting a puzzle together and we're not even really going to know what the puzzle is going to look like until mm-hmm. it's all done. And we finish our draft and we go, Oh, that's good. I can't wait to send that off to my client. This is good stuff. Okay. So no more blank page panic for you guys. And quite frankly, no more blank pages anyway. Uh, set yourself up by starting obviously always with a creative brief and with your outline and you will be already setting yourself up for success. So we will catch you on the next episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time.